0: Welcome to the Believe in the Land show. My name is Andy Billman. Let's take a look back at the week that was in Cleveland sports. Busy week, even for late July. Trades going on with the Guardians. Something rumor-wise, ru- rumor-wise going on with the Cavs, which we're going to get to. Buckeye Media Day with Ryan Day. Do we have answers at quarterback? Hmm. And, of course, Brown's training camp over in Greenbrier need some new merchandise, check out Believe in the Land merchandise. Click on the link in the at official Cleveland Sports banner on Instagram. Click on the link, go to the merchandise store, and check out some fun material. Now let's talk about some fun material with the Browns. Oh, it is so hard sometimes to really get a gauge, especially when the team is not in Cleveland, of how something was going. And that's Kind of how I view this week, because there, there's normally more videos, there's normally more of a presence with training cramp, but because it's been hidden away in West Virginia, you don't have that same vibe you normally would if it was in Berea right now. So because of that, it's been at times a, you know a little challenging, to say the least, to get a buzz or a feel for the Browns, which is unusual. But maybe that's the best thing for the Browns. There is no drama this year. There is no Baker Mayfield situation from a year ago or Deshaun Watson drama from a year ago with what was going on with him off the field. All that's died down. It's been a very, let me just say boring, training camp, and that is okay. The Browns could use and are getting a boring training camp. There's been no major injuries, really. There's been some nicks, as I mentioned last week, to wide receiver, which still don't know if I'm thrilled with what's going on in wide receiver. Um, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But all that to be said, so far, pretty minimal of what's going on in training camp. Um, there's been some updates from your, your favorite reporters who are on the ground. Reading it from what I hear, it's just been uh, very good. Um, there's not a lot of complaints. The Browns look sharp to a lot of people. Zach Jackson, today in the Athletic, basically said glowing things and about how sharp Deshaun Watson looked and how good the defensive backs look and how good the defensive line looks. I mean, that's not the norm sometimes from our beat reporter. Um, Tony Grossi's been reporting the same thing, Mary Kay Cabot. So it's basically, so far, everything looks good. Now, do we feel good as fans? I don't know if I'd say we feel good as fans. I think we feel okay. I think we're starting to feel better. Obviously, I like reading good things, but we want to see this team play. We really do. And, of course, we're really curious to see, more importantly, how is Deshaun Watson going to do in the 2023 NFL season? And, really, that has not been made any more or less, um, of a reveal so far. We still don't really know how things are going to go with this team when it comes to Deshaun Watson playing. He looks great, but is that for sure, you know, winning games in the fall? Absolutely not. And we all know that. We all know that. So, I I mean, he looks great. There's really no complaints. You know, are there there struggles in the red zone? Yes, but if you read – these are red zone drills, but if you read between the lines, a lot of people uh, who are reporting on the team are complimenting how well the secondary is doing on the wide receivers, which I do want to get to. I mean, I I think for the Deshaun Watson end, I think everything's okay. I, I, I am a little concerned if the wide receivers are overhyped. Obviously, again, Mike Watson, we're not going to know until regular season. I know what Amari Cooper is. I know who Donovan Peoples-Jones is. And Joku's gotten great reports in camp. We all know who he is. <clears throat> and Elijah Moore is exciting. Elijah Moore's really exciting. And those are the main guys you're going to see out there, which are great. If there are injuries, the guys after that, I do have concerns about. So let me just say, I'm not worried about the starters. Moore, Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, they're consistent. They're good. And sometimes elite, they're very, very good. And, and a joke is a good tight end. It is the depth after that. And naturally, through the season, you usually lose a couple pass catchers. So that worries me. I, I really don't want to see you know Anthony Schwartz running down the field, which are giving him a lot of reps. Don't know if I want to see that. In fact, I can tell you I don't want to see that. And there's some other, you know, young players out there running around. It's like, okay, that's you know, that's good, I guess, but I, I don't I don't I don't want to see. I don't want to hear about some of these players. I want to hear more about how what's going on with Cooper, which I haven't heard much about so far. And I love hearing things. And there's been a lot written on Elijah Moore. He's very excited. You can tell he's gonna be an exciting player. But, the, you know, seeing a lot of balls going to Anthony Schwartz, I, I'm good. Don't need to see that combination anymore. We're good. It sounds like he's going to get a lot of opportunities to play. So we'll see. Austin Watkins, um, he got a lot of reps today, too. He's going to up a chance to uh, get look looks like he's going to ch- get a chance to do some things. But I don't want to over dwell on the wider series. You can tell after the first line, I'm I'm concerned. I do have some concerns. But so far, so good. And if everybody's healthy, the first line's great. Cooper's a player. And and Joku, the tight end, obviously. And then, you know, Peoples Jones and more. They're all good. I just hope we don't have too many injuries. I think after that, the depth's a little more questionable about what people think. But is that going is that for all teams? Sure. I mean, can't say it's not. The defense of the defensive line has really been talked about. Ogbo today got into it with James Hudson on Sunday. Um, he he definitely um, got into his head a little bit, slapping his head on the way by getting back to the defensive line. Hudson did not appreciate that skirmish. Happen, gassers later. Everybody understands you can't throw punches and do um, in, in a practice. And I think Hudson will be talked about that. Also, too, though, you know, Agbo can't be slapping anybody's head. I think both are just as guilty in that play. But Agbo, so far, so good. Obviously, Garrett's great. Zadarius Smith and, and, Tomlin, and um, Tomlinson. You know, defense line looks like it's a lot better. And there's been a lot of big compliments, which is not surprising about the, the secondary, especially the cornerbacks. The cornerbacks are getting a lot of hype Ward, Emerson, and Newsom. And AJ Green's getting some mention, too a very good group very good group this week too we heard from the aslams they did their annual state of the union nothing really to report they're excited about the season they're excited that everybody's still together bop, 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 bop. jok i thought gave some interesting comments talking about jim schwartz quote we have a scheme that will allow us to be who we are we're looking to have a very strong year We get to attack and show what we can do. You'll see. You'll see it in the way we play. It's going to be no nonsense. Wow. I mean, Joku lighting a fire. Lighting a fire. And that's good to hear. I mean, the the defense last year was perplexing. And it makes you wonder how bad it was because you're hearing a lot of good reports about the defense. And, I mean, not a little bit, not like medium. You're hearing a lot of good reports about this defense. The defense's average is going to be stunning. I think this defense should be in the top, you know, you hope top 10, maybe in top five of the league. It's getting a lot of hype, a lot of hype. And it should. They have a lot of improvements that have been made. A lot of money's been spent. But no doubt, here early on, you're hearing the strength of the Browns in their secondary with the cornerbacks. In the defensive line, you're hearing a lot about it. A lot of pumping up. You're hearing a lot about Elijah Moore. You're hearing a lot about Martin Emerson. Players are going to be exciting. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Hakeem Grant. Don't really get a vibe on him from what I'm hearing and reading. Don't really get a vibe. Cade York, you're going to see him make kicks. We hope in a preseason, be nice. Be really nice. You don't want that Ajita going in into week one. But all in all, so far, it's been a very clean, good camp. Everyone's feeling good. Everyone's feeling good. And there's no major injuries. That's good. There's been injuries around the league, not with the Browns. So, so far, so good. The game on Thursday, which we'll talk about here, obviously, coming up afterwards. We'll talk a lot about it on the next Sunday show. A lot of hype about playing players that are rookies, playing players that you're never going to probably see throughout the season at times, but they're going to get an opportunity to play. So you're not going to see any starters in this first game. It's going to be all backups, all first-year players. But if you have to take the big picture, training camp is going the way it should be, quiet with not a lot of noise, not a lot of drama, and no major injuries. Been boring, yes. But in this case, for the Browns, boring is good. Browns need to be boring. They've been way too wild in the past five years. It is nice finally having a training camp. Really, the first training camp I can remember since 18, pretty quiet. 21 was pretty quiet for the most part. There's still some tension. There's nothing like that this year. This is the quietest camp yet. Now, maybe that changes when they get back to Cleveland. We will see. But you have to admit that Greenbrier has been a success from afar. And players are feeling good about themselves, even with some players that got into a little scuffle today. I don't think that's going to drag down or make others in the team worry about what they have here on this team. So, one weekend in a, in a practice, eight practices in. Browns so far, so good. We're going to see what the role players and the rookies have in Canton on Thursday. We'll talk about it right here. That's your Browns. We come back, the Guardians make a big trade. Welcome back to the Believe in the Land Show. My name is Andy Billman. Check us out at Instagram, at Official Cleveland Sports. That's at Official Cleveland Sports. Check us out. We have a merchandise store. We have many videos from the Guardians, the Browns coming soon, and the Cavaliers. We're on instantly as soon as the game is over. Check us out at Official Cleveland Sports. Check out our merchandise store. Click on the link in the bio on the Instagram page. And again, that's at Official Cleveland Sports. Also, check out BelieveInTheLand.com. We do articles every day, Todd Hall, Tony Camino, and myself. We write articles on the three teams, also Buckeye football, which we're going to, uh, to get to it here in later in, in the show. Please check it out. Thoughtful, caring. We watch every pitch. We watch everything. Check it out, believeintheland.com. So Super Rosario. Man, I love that nickname. That's going to have to be shelved forever, As at least from the Clevelander side. He's going to be going to the LA play the Dodgers. He was traded this week. It was a it was something you weren't. Well, let's start off with this. Not surprising. Um, he was not coming back to Cleveland. He wasn't. He was looking for for different things than what the Guardians were doing. He wanted to do different things. <coughs> and Rosario really had it in his mind. I, I could tell that he wanted to make more money, and that he wanted to be in a different environment. And he didn't say that, but he kind of, you know, non-verbally gave his cues that it was time for him to go. And that hurts, especially to uh, Jose Ramirez. I wouldn't be surprised if it shook up Jose somewhat. How could it not? They were very close on the team. It was very clear and evident they were very close on the team. They got along, they were very, very tight. I think that's the reason why Rosario came back. I don't think if that relationship was there, Rosario would not have been here this year. And Rosario also played really well last year in the second half of the season. Really, from Father's Day of last year through the end of the year, he was super Rosario. But this year he wasn't so super in the first half, which he normally isn't but his glove really fell out, really fell off. What was just like a, hey, he's not known for his defensive mechanics, became much larger than that this year. And with the up and rising coming stars of our, you know, we shouldn't say stars, but, you know, prospects of Gabriel Arias and Freeman, you know, and Rocchio somewhere in Columbus, you know, it was time to move on from Rosario. And there were teams that were going to want him. And I knew that. And the Dodgers were the perfect fit. Perfect fit. So to say it was surprising or shocking, no. Um, I know some were. I I don't understand quite why. I mean, he wasn't going to be back here. And again, it was pretty much no. The, The Guardians could move mountains, and I don't think Rosario would have bitten on an opportunity to be back with the team. Even with him, having a lot of support from Jose Ramirez. I don't think this was the team for him. He wanted to be elsewhere, and he got his wish. He's going to be in L.A. He's going to be playing for the Dodgers in La La Land. Wishing him the best of luck. Glide's on the American League. But that move was not surprising, and that move made a lot of sense. They have middle infielders who are prospects. It is time to move them up. And they did. And they moved on from Rosario. And they traded him for the Dodgers around like 6, 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Now, what they got in return was interesting. Again, not shocking. Noah Syndergaard, who many moons ago was one of the top pitching prospects. it became one of the top pitchers for the Mets. Was a significant piece in that team in 2015. Very good pitcher. That year. Ended up with the Dodgers. And, you know, it hasn't gone well this year. Didn't really go well last year either, but okay. But Syndergaard he still has a lot of talent. He's been on the IL, but he's coming back. And I know fans, when I was doing the post-game show, and then did a you know, trade special at Official Cleveland Sports, there were a lot of fans that were not happy that they only could get uh, Noah Syndergaard. So I'm going to answer this in two parts. A, there is no magic hall that was ever going to come from Ahmed Rosario. You're never going to get a bullpen arm. You're never going to get a young power bat. No, 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 no. Ahmed Rosario didn't carry that kind of you know, weight. He just didn't. Ahmed Rosario was never going to get that kind of talent in here. There's nothing against Ahmed Rosario. It's just being true. He's a rental. Noah Syndergaard's a rental. He's got one more year left. Noah Syndergaard... Coming to the Guardians, you know, makes sense to me. It's not a great trade. It's not a trade you do cartwheels on, but you can't, you cannot dislike this trade. You can't. The Guardians need veteran pitching. The best we're getting right now from McKenzie, from Quantrill, and from Bieber is that they're playing catch. Or in the case of Quantrill, he's doing side work. They're not even close to being in competition yet, meaning in the minor leagues, to get themselves warmed up. So to think that you're going to get more for this from Ahmed Rosario is ridiculous. Noah Syndergaard's not bad. It's a good trade. It makes sense. Are you an Ahmed Rosario fan? You're upset he left? Okay, but he can't. Yell and screamed, this was a terrible trade. Maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe. But Rosario wasn't coming back anyways. And I've seen enough. I mean, I hate saying this. I felt towards the end, i kind of seen enough. I knew what we had here. He could help, but he wasn't going to carry the team if they make it back to the playoffs. He wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to do that. Best thing the the team could do is trade him. Get something back in return. And the Guardians need pitching. Veteran pitching. Can you imagine if they were pieces together with Battenfield or more bullpen games? Ugh. It's enough. And I nothing as Peyton Battenfield. That's a fourth rookie. Fourth rookie. And I said, bleh, about the bullpen games. I'm tired of bullpen games. I don't like them. Guardians aren't good at them. You need a pitcher who can start. Enter Noah Syndergaard. Give this trade a B. It makes sense. It's a good trade. It's not a wowing trade. It's not a trade you're going to run through the streets saying, look at what we just... No, 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 no. This was a necessity trade. The Dodgers needed a player. The Guardians needed a veteran pitcher. The Dodgers did not have any more patience waiting on Noah Cinder to, to get healthy. The Guardians can do that, and he's gonna be pitching on Monday. And hopefully he can eat some innings. And you know what? Maybe Noah ends up liking it here and pitches well this year. We'll see. They had to do something. They had to get a starting pitching in here. Had to. Had to get a starter. God forbid Zavala gets hurt. When well, what are you gonna do? That line alone, you had to get no Syndergaard in here or some veteran. Now, as for Cindergard you know, hopefully they can rub some, you know, pitching salve on him mentally, pitching salve on his arm, and hopefully he'll start pitching better. The Guardians do have a good history of getting players to get back on their feet. They have a great history doing that. They haven't done it in a while, but they have a history of it. They can do this. And they're pretty good at it. And, maybe, and I'll tell you what, Syndergaard probably needs to come to a situation that's not as intense, that still wants to win, and that's the Guardians. Guardians are competitive. Guardians want to win. Guardians are in a pennant race. Everybody laughs that they are. Well, I shouldn't say pennant race, but they're in a division race. They are. And Noah Syndergaard... Can't help them down the stretch. And by the way, he's going to. Now, again, are we going to get to know a from 15? No, 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 no. Can we hope we rediscover some things in Syndergaard and he can play well for the Guardians? That, I think, is reasonable, yes. And I can see the Guardians doing well. And I can see Syndergaard thriving. And he's going to help this team eat some innings, which is crucial. Guardians have to start eating some innings. They cannot keep throwing out guys who can't get past the fifth inning. It's been better lately, but they need a Noah Center guard to help keep the innings down. And that's where he comes in. So it's a, it's a good trade. Hopefully Noah a guard can bring some energy. Hopefully he can win some games as for shortstop. From what I've seen so far, and it's a, it's early, I would like to see a lot of Freeman. RS from time to time. Want to see some Tyler Freeman now. Want to give this kid a chance to play every day. Want to see what this is about. Iris has got a very good glove. Freeman's got a good glove, too. But I want to see what Freeman can do in that position. Rokio, I think for next year. I think it's time to determine what we really have here in, in Freeman and then at some point Arias. If I want to see Freeman play mainly at shortstop. I think he is going to be the guy who's going to replace Rosario for the time to come. Arias so far has gotten a lot of the starts. Freeman did jam his shoulder, so he's kind of going through something right now. But I do think that's what's up here. And again, Freeman's earned the right to be playing every day. And Arias could probably use the bats every day too to see this kid can hit. He struggled up until the trade. By the way, he started hitting a little bit after the trade, which is good. Gabriel Arias finally showed some um, bat savvy, got some hits, which is good. We need to see that. He needed to see that. But with all these middle infielders, I mean, at some point you got to move them, some guys over and see what we can do. Jimenez is going to hit in the two hole. I think that's fine. I really hope Jimenez starts to hit. Geez, he's been disappointing this year. Hopefully Jimenez can take the advantage of the opportunity to get that two-hole spot. So I do think that's his spot to lose for the rest of the season. So not only does it open up a spot of shortstop, it opens up the his slot, Rosario's slot, second after Kwan, and then it looks like it's going to be Andres Jimenez's to lose Hopefully he can start hitting like he did last year. Guardians could really use him and start hitting. He's a key part of that team last year. Maybe that will wake him up. Hasn't really so far. Haven't really seen much from him and has yet. Time will tell, though. That's the reason for this trade. Those are the reasons why we did it. Sad to see all already go, but it makes sense. Noah Syndergaard comes in here. He's going to pitch. He's going to eat innings. Makes sense. This is not a sexy trade or a great trade, but it's a good trade. And one, again, that makes sense. More Guardians when we come back. Welcome back to the Believe in the Land show. My name is Andy Billman. Check out our post game shows. Every time there's a last pitch, everything, every time, it it happens with the Guardians. I'm on there instantaneously. Go to at official Cleveland sports on Instagram. At official Cleveland sports on Instagram, we're there for Buckeyes football. We're there for the Browns. We're there for the Cavaliers as well. Check out, click on the link. Merchandise, you like good merchandise? Oh, we got good merchandise. Oh, better go. Well, the supply is there. Click on the link in the bio. Also, check out believeintheland.com. Thoughtful, good content from myself, others on the staff who write about the three teams in the city, including the Buckeyes football. And of course, go to Believe in the Land on YouTube as well. Believe in the land.com at official cleveland sports on Instagram and Believe in Land on YouTube. Check them all out. On Sunday, we finally got a good victory that was much needed from the Guardians. And when I say finally, the the prior two games before today's uh fourth uh, the ending at a four game set in the Southside the first game the Guardians won did what they had to do to win. But, boy, the, the, the Friday and Saturday game just slogged um, Really not a lot of positivity in the Friday game of shutout. And then on Saturday, really the game got really set with the tone of what happened with Tito Francona, for those who missed it. Francona got kicked out of the game for trying to replay two, not just one, but multiple plays. On the same, on the same um, at bat, where J Ram in the first inning hit a pop fly to left that dropped quickly, left fielder for the White Sox hard to tell if he trapped it or caught it in the air. It was called an out, and then he turned and threw it to first. I definitely thought Quan was safe, but he said that Quan got picked off. Quan got on to lead off the game, and so it was a double play to the end of the inning. And the Guardians took their normal amount of time. I didn't think it was too long. And next thing you know, Francona was told, no, I'm not gonna review either play. Francona said, I don't think so. Said some, you know, you know, fun language. And you know, he got sent off. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Amateur hour. Amateur hour. So here we are. The Guardians are trying to make a playoff run. Trying to get some things going. And truthfully, it that, that series in Chicago wasn't going well up in, after the first game. But they won today. Savali calmed and settled the game down. That's why veteran pitching is so important. You know, just a side note. I know there's been a lot of people, why don't we trade Savali and see what we get? You cannot trade Aaron Savali. You can't. It's Exactly what the guardians need. An affordable, good, solid veteran pitcher. Can't trade that. I don't care how tempting it is and how many picks, and you know, the hall, that famous word now we're here in sports, the hall you'll get. I don't care. Don't care. Guardians need to win games too. And Aaron Savali makes a lot of sense as their veteran pitcher right now. He's their only veteran pitcher until Noah Syndergaard starts tomorrow, Monday, in Houston. So you can't trade him away. And this is why Zavali is so important. Huge win. Huge, huge win today. Needed it. Guardians needed that win badly. Really badly, and they got it. So, Zavali did the job. Home runs today were a big part. A lot of things to notice that I took out of the White Sox series and the Guardians split 2 2, obviously. You know, the power the White Sox have, and they're still not winning games. But the Guardians did flex their muscles today. Quan got a home run to start the party off with a solo shot in the fifth, make it 2 nothing. Then Jose. Hit um, a solo shot to make it 3 nothing, And then 7th the Jose just, huh, first one all year. I mean, hit a bomb huh, to deep right. And, and, and the sec- you know second set of bleachers. Did a great job putting that ball way out of guaranteed rate field park. Worst baseball name park in sports. Got the job done today. Gardens got the win. They won. Two out of three as well against Kansas City. Kansas City did a lot of good things this week, though. They swept the Twinkies. They did. The Twins had an excellent opportunity to really gain some ground this week, but they could not do it. You know, I heard a lot from people and fans, oh, the Twins have an easy schedule. Hey, still have to play the games. And, boy, the Twins learned that firsthand, getting swept in Kansas City. woo can you imagine their Sunday night sports show? Woo! Brutal. Bad. Guardians were only half came out after the twins got swept in Kansas City. Brutal. If you're a twins fan. So the Guardians are right there with a big trade this week of Rosario. So what to make? Of this trade now. There's the Noah Syndergaard part, but I think that's easy. He starts. Zavalli starts. Gavin Williams. Logan Allen. Tanner Bobby. Easy. Now, to the other part. All these players. There's an influx of players now who are really getting really looked at now. They've been getting looked at anyways. But this is, there's a real opening now at shortstop. Let's start there. And I kind of mentioned it. And, you know, Gabriel Arias has gotten a... Quite a few starts this week. He hit again today. Got a hit. He also, um, when he first got his real opportunity on Thursday, got two hits. And he also got two hits in the Kansas City series to close it out. right? And obviously playing as the um, Guardians and Dodgers wrapping up the trade. But I really do like this kid, Freeman. And Freeman did injure his shoulder, so he didn't get a chance to play as much right now. But I do like Freeman. And I'm glad that Arias, so far, is taking advantage of his opportunity. That's good. But I would love to see Freeman play some. Really would. He is still batting 293. And he can defend. He looks like the more of the everyday shortstop. But, again, that's just off first glance and not really, you know, Arias really deserves more of a chance to hit. So we're going to see a lot of those guys. I don't think we're going to see a lot of Rokio. really don't. And then there's the log jam and outfield and the log jam and catcher. You know, Cam Gallagher keeps playing, and, boy, I I don't. I understand Bo Naylor. So, I mean, Bo Naylor's been playing a lot, and he should. I, I want to see Bo Naylor play a lot. But I want to see David Fry get in here I mean what happened well David Fry was hit this hit the cover off the ball and it's like they benched him for doing too good I don't I mean he had a, he had a home run on Wednesday he he played barely this week he only had eight at bats David Fry's got to get more at bats god they gotta find what to had to get creative on how to get him in the lineup And then Spongebob's back. That was another big announcement. Yeah, so far, Spongebob, eh. I mean, again, it's early. It's kind of like Arias. I understand. Haven't seen much. Basically, same old Oscar. Strikeouts, sure. Good at bats, eh. but they're going to get, obviously they're going to get Spongebob at bats, I understand. But they got to find a way to get Fry in these games more. He hits too, he just hits too much. I don't understand how he's not playing more. I just don't. Kid hits, and they're not playing him a lot. They, they are not doing it. Straw Straw's playing a lot. He did not start today, though. Which I found interesting. He's starting to get a few days off there here there. I mean, Straw had a brutal week. He only got two hits this week, two and seventeen at bats. Not good. Want to see more Brennan, Quan, and Fry? That's what I'd like to be the starting outfield. Along with Bonilla behind the plate or Fry. That's what I want to see. Miles Stroll can play defense. Absolutely. But his hitting is brutal. I want to see more of David Fry. I think it's time for David Fry to be playing more. Him only getting eight at-bats this week is ridiculous. They played seven games. Doesn't make sense to me. I am on the Fry camp. Got to get more Fry. My food is Fry. want David Fry. Don't understand why that's not happening more. It's Frustrating. Very frustrating. Hopefully, they will figure out how to get him more in the lineup. It doesn't mean I want um, Naylor to to sit. I do think it's time to move on from Cam Gallagher, but clearly they see Cam Gallagher as the veteran presence on this team. So he's going to be starting as a catcher. When volley pitches, that's what I I foresee, at least. But I don't – I think it's hanging on. So there's some lineup things to figure out. Do the Guardians make another trade? I don't see it unless they move Bieber. I just don't see it. I don't see what they'd be able to trade unless they're going to trade prospects for prospects. I mean, maybe they trade some of these guys, I guess. But, like, I get the feeling – the Guardians are not going to do much trading after the Noah Syndergaard pickup, trading winning Rosario. But here we are, and the Guardians are still, amazingly, not sure how, and at times it's been, you know, quite an adventure. And with all this young starting pitching, Guardians are 53-53. 53 and 53 They are 500 and only half the amount of first. And that's in the loss column. They are right there with the Twins. With all these question marks of starting pitching, with everything else, they are still right there. Quick mention of Stephen Kwan, had a good week at the plate. Josh Naylor always hits well on the South Side, had a good series against Chicago White Sox. J Ram went off today. We already mentioned that. Hopefully, Bell. Hopefully Straw, hopefully Jimenez start hitting more. Jimenez especially is going to get a lot of opportunities, a lot of oppos. David Bell starting to wear fans then. He's got to start hitting more. They go to Houston, not easy. Then they come home for the White Sox again. But a good week, 4-3. and three. Let's see how they do in Texas. Noah Syndergaard era starts Monday. Buckeyes, calves when we come back. Welcome back to the Believe in the Land show. Check us out on Instagram at Official Cleveland Sports. Click on the bio link. Check out our merchandise store. Check out our website, believeintheland.com. That is believeintheland.com. We do all sorts of writing about the three teams, about the Buckeyes, which we're going to get to here in a second, and all sorts of things in the city of Cleveland. Check it out. Believe in the land.com. Also, check out podcast, all sorts of other things that I do along with Tony Camino on the YouTube page at YouTube. Believe in the land. Type it in. Check us out. Hit follow, hit like. Buy a t shirt. You'll love it. You'll wrap around your face and be like, thank God I bought this. Best thing ever. Maybe not that. For the kids. So we come into Buckeye season. Basically a month away from the Buckeyes playing the Hoosiers on opening week. And the biggest question going into Buckeye Media Day, which is last Wednesday in Indianapolis, is who is going to be the starting quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes? Don't know if we really got an answer from Ryan Day. Um, To put it bluntly, he said, quote, now it's time to put it out on the field. And we'd obviously would like for someone to emerge here quickly, meaning Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. But we have to kind of see what we have to kind of see it once we put it on the field. He's basically saying <clears throat> we have to see one of these guys stand out because they're not we do not have a starting quarterback right now. We have a quarterback competition, but we really don't have a starting quarterback yet. Um, tough situation to read. Because when you watch the spring game, to say they didn't look flashy is being kind. I thought they both looked pretty average. Pretty blah. Nothing really jumped out, stood out between McCord and Brown. In fact, Ryan Day kind of led off by saying, Lincoln Keinholz, the other quarterback, he's he's looking good. (laughs) I like him. I I don't know if you worry. I don't know if you freak out. I don't know if you panic. But this is not uh, stating a champion of strength with this quarterback thing. Um, So I'm not hearing, boy, both are playing great. Hard decision to make. Great competition. You're just hearing, yeah, well, hopefully someone wins the job. McCord and Devin Brown. Big August. Big August coming up. No starting quarterback yet in Columbus. But something that I thought that he also brought up, which I think a lot of Buckeye fans are having an audit about the offensive line. He said there's no problem there. And I and before I get to what he said, I, I think the offensive line's I know the tackles are new. I know the center's new. I think there's been way too much made on this offensive line being a struggle. I I don't understand it. I'm not seeing it. The Buckeyes have plenty of talent coming in. There's no reason to think this is going to be a terrible or shaky offensive line. Just don't see it. He he praised Josh Fryer, who looks like he's going to be the left tackle. Um, he really went on to say good things about him. And I think the center, I, I just think the offensive line is going to be fine. So if you want to worry about the quarterback, okay. wouldn't panic, but okay. I would not worry about the offensive line. It's an overblown thing, overthinking. Just because you have new starters doesn't mean you have talent. Buckeyes clearly have offensive line talent. Would not get too worried about what's going on in the offensive line for the Buckeyes. Plenty of things to worry about at times. Not the offensive line. Ryan Day also spoke about losing how they did at the end of the season. And um, he basically said, we talk about it every day. We do. We're not going to sit there and let it, let it beat us twice, but, you know, It's a motivating factor for sure. Talking about the losses to Michigan and Georgia. And he thought a big problem in those games were the explosive plays. Which was certainly, I mean, Georgia you kind of expect, but boy, Michigan, there were multiple. I mean, God, throw a rock. Multiple, multiple big play problems. Big, big play problems. I say just could not contain. Weren't drives. They were just breakouts. So he realizes the situation. The one thing I'll give Ryan Days, I thought he came off as very likable. And what I mean is, at times he seems stiff. At times, I think sometimes he talks above, you know, the fans or the press. I I did not feel that um, in this Buckeye Media Day. I thought he came off very likable. I thought he came off very well. Watch the quarterback situation. It is worth watching. It is worth noting. It is the first time that I can, it's been like 10 plus years since I can remember the Buckeyes is really having a runoff to see who's going to be starting quarterback. And as of right now, there is no clear starter. Time will tell for Ohio state. Very unique situation. Coming off years where you had a great play, From Fields, and you had great play from C.J. Stroud. The new era, first time in a while. No certainty on who's going to be starting quarterback. All that to be said, that's your Buckeye media day. Dominated by who's quarterback. The Cavaliers obviously are in, you know, hibernation, as they should be. There's really not a lot that should be going on with this team. But there was an interesting podcast on ESPN that talked about Donovan Mitchell. And um, there's a gentleman named Tim um uh, Bontemps? Apologize for the pronunciation. He said this about Donovan Mitchell quote I don't think there's any chance he being Donovan Mitchell signs a contact a, a, signs a contract extension there ever, there being Cleveland. And if we were up to me, I would trade Donovan Mitchell today. And he went on to say, you know, after that, that now I fully understand the Cavaliers are not going to trade him. Uh, but it's interesting. There is a narrative that is heading into September that we have not been a part of in a while as a Cleveland fans <clears throat> when it comes to the basketball team. But we're going to be a part of it. Contract extensions, contract long-term availability in Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell, it's going to be a topic. He is two years away from free agency. Now, let me just say this. I don't think he's going to sign a contract in September. That doesn't mean he's going to be gone. That actually is kind of the norm in the NBA, as we all know. He wants to hold out to make as much money as possible. He also wants to hold out to see how the Cavs play. He's basically holding himself and holding the team on fire. Saying, look, I want to win. I want to win the highest level. If we I win the Cavs, great. I'll repeat that. I think if the Cavaliers win big, Donovan Mitchell isn't going anywhere. Now they perform like they did against the Knicks. You know, forget it. But this whole... We haven't been in this drama in a while. Because obviously LeBron left years ago. We're going to be back in it." This Donovan Mitchell heading to the next is going to be a big storyline that's going to be drummed a lot. And when writers like that gentleman at ESPN are going to be writing about it and talking about it, it's going to drum up some storylines. What I'll advise is all Scabs fans, don't get sucked into it and don't buy into what's really not there, meaning – Don Mitchell's not going to be signing a contract in September. Not surprising. Doesn't mean he hates Cleveland. Doesn't mean he's not going to play for the Cavs ever again after these next two seasons. Now, is there a chance he can go to New York? Oh, yeah, there is. Is there a chance he's not going to be here? He could be in any other club? Yeah, there is. Very good chance. But to sit here and to start declaring, you need to trade him. No, you do not. And I got to say this over. You cannot trade Donovan Mitchell. Can't. You have a young nucleus of players with Garland and Mobley and Allen. You need to show these guys you're here to win it. You cannot be afraid of contracts becoming um, a problem. Just can't. Cavs need to handle this with winning, they need to handle this with PR to settle fans down, possibly. But to sit there and say, just trade him because there's a possibility he's going to go to New York, hell no. Can't do that. Cannot do that. Cavs and Cavs fans, let's join this adventure. But don't get sucked into maybe we should just trade him. That's not why we brought him here. And you've got to win with these players you have. You cannot keep trading talent for prospects and halls. It doesn't work, and especially in the NBA stars build the nba you have a star donovan mitchell i'll repeat he is a star keep him and see if you can win big things with him. trading him does not make sense the browns come home after greenbrier they'll be back starting on tuesday day off for the brownies on monday then they're tuesday wednesday and then they go right to the hall of fame games on thursday The Guardians trade Super Rosario. Ahmed Rosario is now an LA Dodger. Noah Syndergaard, Thor, coming (laughs) to Cleveland. He's going to be pitching on Monday in Houston. Good luck to him. Guardians have a good week, four and three. Lot of switches in the lineup coming. Love to see more David Fry. Love to see more David Fry. Ryan Day doesn't have his quarterback yet. Don't trade Donovan Mitchell. That's the week that was in Cleveland sports. My name is Andy Billman. Check out believeintheland.com. Check us out at, at Sports. Also check us out at Believe in the Land on YouTube. Have a great week.